Welcome and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Today we are here in beautiful Williams Park in Langley, British Columbia. And we have with us today the president and owner of Colorific uh, Pre-Finishers, Custom Builders. Uh, thank you for joining us, Lauren Brown-Miller. You're also an elder in your church, so thank you for being with us here today. Absolutely my pleasure, Mike and Renee. Tell us a little bit about your, your company to begin with. So, uh, the, yeah, the company that, uh, that we own is uh, Colorific. Uh, it was an existing company. My son and I purchased it uh, eight years ago. And uh, we stain and paint doors and windows. And so it's not all that terribly glamorous. Uh, however, we, uh, we, we do strive to do a great job. Uh, we've got a deep uh, customer base. And uh, we continue to, uh, to serve the Abbotsford and, and Vancouver area. Uh, in, in in finishing products. And Lauren, you never always used to run a home renovations or custom building line before. Before you owned and operated a very different type of business in Whistler. So can you tell us a little bit about how things have changed from then to how you're living today? Right. Yeah, uh, I'd say uh, a nightclub is very, very different than, than staining and painting. Um, yeah, years ago, uh, uh, Renee, I, I, I was brought up a, a farm kid. Um, we, uh, we were poor, uh, one of six kids. Uh, my dad died when I was 11. And uh, the reason why I, I, I gravitated towards wanting something different in my life is what what I seen as a farm kid is not what I wanted for my life. And so um, as, as time would go on, uh, I dropped out of school as early as I could. My, my dad died when I was 11. Uh, actually, he got sick when I was 11 and he, and he passed away when I was 12. And uh, what ended up happening was the, uh, it, it, it really took me for a loop because I knew that, I knew that God could have saved uh, my dad, but he, he never chose to. And it was that kind of thinking from that time that I started to really lose faith in God and that I didn't really like him. I didn't care for him. I didn't like the way he operated. And so it started to change my, um, my whole trajectory really as a, as a young guy. And, uh, I started to gravitate towards rebellion really. And uh, I was a redhead when I was a young kid. So uh, maybe that explained some of it. However, um, as I got a little bit older and I could make some of my own decisions, I dropped out of school and I went after money. I, I wanted to have money. I didn't have any. I wanted to have money. I wanted to have fame if that was, if that was possible. And so as life would go on, I started to um, uh, work with my brother for a number of years in construction. And so that was, that was my initial, that's how it was easy to get back into construction after being in the nightclub for a number of years. And so we worked for a number of years together, my brother and I, and an opportunity came up in Vancouver uh, in 1983 when a friend of mine phoned me and said, come and have a look at this space. Uh, would you like to open a restaurant? And so in 1983, we opened a restaurant in Vancouver and I was 24 years old at the time. And uh, it caught on. It was very successful for a number of years. And uh, in 1988, we had a fire that um, 
that uh, ended our lease basically in 1988. We, we had opened up a new, uh, a new nightclub in Whistler uh, at the time. And so um, we, we, we found a niche very quickly in Whistler. We had an underground music type scene uh, going on, which was not happening in Whistler. So we filled a niche that, that, and we became very popular over the time. And at this time you were, you were married? Uh, Absolutely. To your lovely wife, Audrey? Audrey was a Christian. She was brought up a Christian, mm -hmm. but she, um, she compromised her life uh, for, for a number of years. Um, and, you know, we had a great life together in terms of uh, trying to carve out our life and, uh, and try and figure out how to, how to live a life of significance and make some money and, and have some fun. We moved to Whistler and uh, life was great as far as I was concerned. Uh, we had a great business. Uh, I had a good partnership uh, with, with my partner and uh, business just continued to grow and grow. And so um, it wasn't until uh, really that, that my life, I think, started to get in the way of the business because I was unhappy inside. So years before I had decided to get God out of my life um, in my involvement with him, his involvement with me though wasn't over. And he continued to I would say interrupt what I what what I was going after all of through all of my life, and I went after it hard. I I had a a, a drinking problem. I had a drug problem. I, I smoked three packs a day. I was um, living fast and probably going to die young. And um, it wasn't until really that life started to kind of unravel that I realized that I I needed to do something about my position with God and um, it was about 1995 when I decided to read the Bible for myself I'd never read the Bible before I was always told what the Bible meant and as I was brought up, the religion that I was brought up in, I felt that I couldn't really just trust the Bible for exactly what the Bible had to say because there were so many other things that, that these things didn't actually mean what they said. And so I, I quickly got to the place where I, I didn't like the Bible. I didn't like God. I didn't like the Bible. I didn't like the rules. I, I, I just didn't like the rules as a, as a young man either. And as I got older, I still didn't like the rules. In fact, I still have a problem with rules sometimes. <laughs> but uh, God's working through all of that too. But uh, with, I decided to read the Bible. And in reading the Bible, I started to see things that made a lot of sense without having uh, anybody else to tell me what certain things meant. I seen a, uh, a, a symmetry in, in the Bible. Uh, where there was a consistency in, in love and in gentleness and in patience and in kindness. And I, I started first reading the, the, the Old Testament, start at the beginning. And my wife asked me one day where I was at in my readings of the Bible. And I said, I said, don't worry, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm reading the Bible. I don't want any, I don't want any advice from any Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, she said, no, she said, I'm, I'm just telling you, she said, you may want to, if you want to learn about who Jesus really is, maybe start reading in the Gospels. Well, as it turned out, I, I started to read the Gospels not too far along. And um, there was a lot of things in the New Testament that made a lot of sense. And in terms of the commandments and the laws, the importance of them. And that's something that was emphasized to me as a young man that were kind of abolished. They were kind of taken care of. They were done away with. They were, they were kind of put off to the side. The commandments were not that important anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, th- that's not what I seen in the, in the New Testament. Um, that's not what I seen in the Old Testament either. So I have to confess that um, the reason I was reading the Bible wasn't to great, gain any great insight. It was to condemn it, just to get rid of it because I knew it was packed with contradictions and that all I had to do was line them all up and then just go, there you go, throw them away. And, um, but that, that wasn't to be. And as I, uh, as I continued to read the Bible, I started to see a lot of things that were important that I never knew being important as a, as a kid, as a young man. As, as anything and uh, all through this time um, my wife is she's going to church uh, going to church up in Pemberton and um, she's taking the kids and I'm harassing her about going to church and taking the kids and you know the whole the, the whole dialogue there and Audrey uh, Audrey comes to me one day and she says Lauren she says I, I, I need to speak with you and I said, yeah, yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's chat. And uh, Audrey had a look in her eyes that I've not seen very often. And it was a very serious look. And I knew that there was trouble. And uh, she said, Lauren, I'm not happy here. And I said to her, what do, you, what do you mean you're not happy here? I said, we just built a new house. I said, we just have two brand new vehicles. We just got back from a cruise, you know. I said, you know, Audrey, go, go downtown. You need to spend, we had a place downtown. Go down to Vancouver, spend some time with your family, you know, spend some time. She said, no, that's, that's not what I mean. She said, I, I don't like what's happening to you here in Whistler. I don't like my life here in Whistler. And I said, well, I said, I, I, I don't have any intentions of ever giving up Whistler. Ever. And uh, I said, what, what, what's up? And she says, I want to be closer to my church. Oh, oh, yeah. She said, I want my kids to go to a Christian school. I want to be closer to my family. She said, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling fulfilled here in Whistler. And she said, I don't like what's happening to you. And I said, you're, you're going to break us up. I said, I think the words I use, I said, you're going to bust us up. I said, why are you willing to do that? And she said, Lauren, that's, that's not my intention. She said, but she said, Jesus is coming again, and I have to get myself and my children ready to meet him. And when Audrey, when Audrey dropped that on me, I was humbled, and the next thing I said was, Okay, we'll move. And that wasn't me. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, um, 
that was not what I was prepared to do. And so during this time, I, uh, I went to a, I was invited to a prophecy seminar in, in Vancouver. It was in Burnaby, actually. And the, uh, and the speaker's name was Leo Scriven. And we went and we, um, we went to the meeting and, and I, I, I just loved it. So I, I, I did understand that Daniel and Revelation were, were sister books and that the one was needed to understand the other book. And this is exactly what the speaker was, was uh, talking about. Yeah. And I went to, um, I went to the meeting. I'm listening to the meeting. I'm loving the meeting. And just towards the end of the meeting, I just become enraged over what was told the audience. So as I stand up to, to want to leave, Audrey says to me, what, what's wrong? And I said, I, I'm, not, I'm not sitting here listening to that. And she said, to what? And I said, I said I, I'm just getting out of here. And so Audrey gives me a comment card in my hand. And so I, I, she said, here, fill, fill this out. And so I fill out the comment card <laughs> and I give it to her. And I, I, went, I went and waited in the car. Meanwhile, Audrey had friends in the prayer room <laughs> praying for me. And she didn't know what had, what had gone wrong. Nobody understood what had gone wrong. I think we drove home. I don't think I talked about it. Um, I got home. We, we, we were living in a, we, we leased a place in Burnaby. Um, I spent the night and I got up in the morning and I went back to Whistler. And um, that night, I'm in my condo in Whistler and I get a phone call. Phone rings, pick up the phone. And the guy says, is this Lauren Brown Miller? And I said, yeah. He said, this is Leo Scriven. I still remember I went, oh, really? Really? Okay. Anyway, I, I, I got angry when I first thought about it, but I laughed because I was going to give him a blast, right? So I said, you know what? I said, uh, first of all, I said, I want to tell you something. I said, I believe, I believe that the Adventists have complete truth on Daniel and Revelation. I said, it is what you preached, I said, was from the Bible. And I said, I, I loved it. I said, but Leo, I said, you're not going to get guys like me ending a meeting the way you did last night. And Leo says, how did I end my meeting? And I said, oh, you know how you ended your meeting, Leo. He said, why don't you tell me how I ended my meeting? I said, I'm not going to tell you how I ended, you ended your meeting. You know how you ended your meeting. He said, would you please tell me how I ended my meeting? And I said, okay, Leo, I'll tell you. I said, you told me that when I left the building, I said, I was leaving either serving God or serving the devil. I said to Leo, I said, I don't serve anybody, Leo. And in my arrogance, I said, Leo, I created myself. I said, I don't serve anybody. And Leo says to me, what don't you understand about that? And I said, oh, I understand. I said, either you serve God or by default you serve the devil. And when I got, when I puked that out of my mouth, I couldn't believe it. In fact, I got so quiet, Leo had to say, are you, are you still there? 
I said, yeah, I said, I'm still, I'm still here, Leo. And I said, Leo, I said, is that really how it is? He said, yeah. He said, it's exactly how it is, Lon. He said, but I want to tell you something. He said, I never ended. I get emotional thinking about this every time. He said, I never ended my meeting that way. He said, I believe the Holy Spirit wanted you to hear it like that, though. And he said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, I'm just reading my Bible, Leo. And he said, that's good. He said, you doing anything else? I said, I'm praying before I read my Bible. He says, oh, he says, that's really good. And so we, we, ended the, we ended the conversation. I never seen Leo again uh, until a couple of years later and uh, got to meet him and got to know him. But that, that changed everything for me because I, I, never, I never understood that there's two that you serve. There's one or the other. You cannot, it says in the Bible, you can't serve two masters either. So I knew how I was who I was serving pretty good. And what was interesting about my service to the devil was that I never got any peace. I never got any any sense of uh, calm or the peace that I was that I was really kind of looking for. You know, after you after you become uh, after you get some money and you're able to do these things, you, you want to have some joy and you want to have some peace in your life. Well, I, I was never given that. And, uh, you know, the habits that you cr uh, get involved in, um, they only get worse. Um, you know, drugs and booze, they seem like a lot of fun when you're first doing them, and, and they are, and I've had lots of fun in that vain but it doesn't stay that way it, it doesn't it, it becomes all-encompassing and it does take over your life and control it and ruin it eventually and so that's that was that and you know after after that things just started to really really roll for me because um, I was on a different I was on a completely different level with God and I understood that he did desire something good for me. So tell me about that aha moment for you. Mm. How, did, how did God speak to you so that you saw him differently? Yeah. Um, ever since I was a kid, as long as I can remember, I always thought that God needed something from me, that there was something that I had to do for God in order for him to uh, bless me, to look after me, to, you know, to to love me basically that there was something that I had to do first and I never realized that when God created me he wanted me to have a great childhood he wanted me to have good parents good brothers and sisters if you know if that was my scenario uh, when I got older, he wanted me to have uh, good friends. He wanted me to have a good job. If I chose to have a good a, a wife, he wanted me to have a great wife. And if I had kids, he wanted me to have obedient, loving kids. And if I chose a job, he wanted me to have a fulfilling job and to have money and to have a house and to have all of these things. Mm -hmm. I, I, never, I never knew that. I thought that it was always something dependent on me and that God desired all of this for me. Uh -huh. 
He wanted me to have a good, healthy body. He wanted me to have all of these things, whether I loved him or not. And I never understood that. And through my journey, when I was able to understand that and own that, it changed everything. Because not only did God want me to have all of this stuff, whether I loved him or not, he also, if I wanted to have a relationship with him, if I wanted to get in deeper with him, he could even promise me more like everlasting life, mm -hmm. right? So it changed everything for me. Yeah. Like, But even if you didn't accept that, right? Like Jesus said, these things I say to you that my joy might be in you. So he wants us to experience joy. And whether we accept that or not, he still wants us to be happy, mm -hmm. right? And whether we accept him or not, that is heart transforming when you realize that that's his character. It's completely unconditional. It it really is true. And you know the other, the other part of it through my through my journey, um, you know I just want to share with you the 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 gentleness that Jesus has had with me, is is incredible, and still, and still has for me because it's not over yet. Yeah, exactly. It's not forceful. It's not you don't get it. I'm gonna. I'm going to push it on you and yeah. just be careful and make sure you do this right. And yeah. It's, he's it's very gentle. It's always an invitation. It's always an invitation to get it. Yeah. You know, he wants us to get it for ourselves yeah. because, see, once we get it and own it, yeah. it's very, very different. It's very different, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So, Lord, now you've accepted Jesus into your heart. Have you always been happy with your faith? And has it been easy since you've done that? Mm -hmm. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's not been completely easy. Um, it's, it, it's, it's had, you know, some really wonderful, wonderful points in it. Um, but it's, it's not always been easy. Um, there's, there's times when, uh, I'm going to put it this way, where I'm just not feeling it. And, um, you know, when when you journey here, when you journey in this life, just because you know Jesus doesn't mean it's going to be, going to be easy. Jesus actually promises us trouble. Yeah, John 16, <laughs> you, you, In this world, you're going to have tribulation. Right, right. You have good cheer, you know. A absolutely. And so that, you know, that's in, you know, it in a nutshell that, you know, even though we're going to have these trials, we've got to continue to hold on to Jesus because he's the answer and he is going to see you through no matter right yeah. even if it's not a great outcome he's going to see you through and 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 with his promises lord can you tell us what brings joy in your christian in your christian walk to you right mm. today well um i i, I got to tell you i'm involved in a in a fantastic church and i believe that that's where a lot of my joy comes from um my joy comes from my family as well. I got two great grandkids. And I'd say to anybody, if, if you can, have grandkids first. <laughs> They're the best. I got two great grandkids that, uh, that I, I get a lot of joy out of going to church with mm -hmm. and just trying to journey along with uh, teaching them to know and to love Jesus and to trust him. Nice. Um, I've got two great kids as well, Sterling and Amber, of course, and I got a great wife. And I also want to just touch on the fact that, you know, when you, when you come in as a Christian, uh, a new Christian, and you come into a, a family that is already there for you, yeah. 
So my wife was, was a Christian. Uh, it made it very, very easy for me to become a Christian. It was very, very easy for me to give up the drinking mm -hmm. and the smoking and the drugs. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm, and I'm proud to say, and thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Audrey, mm -hmm. 22 years clean and sober this past April. And that's the power of God. Never asked for it. He gave it to me. It was, it was just carte blanche. Uh -huh. He just allowed it to happen. So coming into that community and, and, the, and the joy of service uh -huh. is really what it's about. Uh -huh. Jesus said he came to serve, not to be served. Right. Um, Church in the Valley gives you that, uh -huh. that vehicle uh -huh. to be able to serve. So tell me about the scriptures, Lauren. Uh, for you, I know the scriptures are very important. Tell us a Bible text or some texts that have strengthened your faith and encouraged you in your walk with God. I'd have to say uh, Proverbs 14, verse 12, and it might seem odd, but uh, it talks about the fact that there seems a way that's right unto a man, and in its end, it leads to death. It's a good reminder of me that I have to stay connected. To, uh, to scripture, I have to stay connected to, to Jesus because I can't trust myself. I can't trust this thing called feelings because it's, uh, it's deceitful. I also, uh, I also like uh, Romans chapter eight, the, the, entire, the entire chapter, because it talks about the struggle with flesh and the spirit and the contrast between the two. And it helps me to, to realize that I, I'm not going crazy that I'm that it's it's just this journey it is and that i have to continue to stay connected and and that encouragement right at the end no matter what what you go through life or death nothing's going to separate us from the love of god isn't it something yeah, yeah. it's such a beautiful uh text absolutely, absolutely. yeah mm -hmm. Lauren, can we ask you to please have the closing prayer for us sure i'd be i'd be happy to father in heaven as we bow before you here because you are so worthy we just want to thank you for this opportunity today. I pray that you, Father, will find a heart that wants to listen to this story today. You have done so much for me and for my family, and I'm so grateful. And I know that you long to do this for each and every person that even slightly wants to give you a try. I thank you for the ministry of It Is Written. Please bless Mike and Renee in their journey and the stories to come. And we just want to praise you and thank you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lauren, so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you very much. My pleasure. So what happens when you go beyond the rituals, beyond the external forms and beyond religion to experience life, to experience that authentic one-on-one -on -one connection? So that is our free offer today. It's this little booklet called Beyond Religion. And if you would like to make it your own, here is the information you need. To request today's offer, call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-CALL-IIW. Friends, we'd also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our webpage, you can see our latest programs, including our exercise programs and healthy eating videos called Experiencing Life. 
and you can also listen and watch our spiritual messages called Daily Living. They are all there, free for you to watch whenever you choose, because we want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.